little while, but I thought it was worth taking the time to, to see Terry and Bob share, the precious people. So what can we learn from Terry Evick's testimony? What can we draw from in this story to help us be more effective prayers and to have faith and hope in difficult days that just never seem to end? There are a few things that Terry mentioned in her talk that I would like us to pay special attention to before we go this morning. Number one, we need each other. Terry was so appreciative of every prayer, every card, every visit, especially from what she calls her church family, say family. What a tribute to the importance of community walking the Christian life. Friends, we aren't meant to live this life alone. She commented that she grew up in this church, Yankee Road, and that it's neat that things have come full circle as the church had, had been part of her healing. When a church unites in prayer over a situation, the church becomes part of the healing force in that person's life. That's why we call them prayer warriors. That's what we're going to talk about next Sunday. Look at this verse in Ephesians chapter 6. We've talked about it before in this series. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, say all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on. I said always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Friends, we are members of each other. Number two, we are members of each other. Not only did the church pray, but the church united together in practical efforts to take care of Terry and her husband. There was a need for a vehicle. And the body of Christ came together to be what the body of Christ is supposed to be. Some of you participated in that. I love Terry's quote. She said, Church is not an event that we go to, but a family we belong to. Church is not an event that we go to, but a family that we belong to. Ephesians 2.19 says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Friends, we belong to one another. That's the way Jesus has put the church together. I tell you, he is very intentional, very purposed, in putting God's people together in families. There's a verse in Acts chapter 2 which I always think of when we, all, when, we, when we talk about the church and the body and the unity of the body. 
uh, Acts 2.44 said, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Who's cooking this afternoon, by the way? Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number, listen, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In other words, you were bought with a price, you are part of a family, there will be seasons in your life in the body in which you will be gifted and called on to give. And there will be seasons in this life of following Jesus where you will benefit from the caring generosity of others. Above all, you need to be thankful for the body that you are part of, that you have been planted in. You have been planted there to be blessed and you are most certainly planted there to be a blessing. You've been planted to be blessed, but you have also been planted to be a blessing. Note the attitudes of the believers in this passage in Acts. Not selfishness, but selflessness. Boy, we've talked about that a lot, haven't we? That's the attitude of the mature Christian. That's the attitude of the community of the body of Christ. We are not self-centered. We are not self-focused. We are selflessness. We are concerned about others, not ourselves. Number three, I think Terry told us that the Word of God is vital to get you through. The Word of God is vital to get you through. Toward the end of her talk, Terry named a few scriptures that were important to her through this long process of healing. I said scriptures were important to this sister as she went through the process. Such as this one, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, say every, every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Terry understood, understands today that the promises of God are still in place no matter what the situation looks like. This says something really important to me as a minister, as a friend, and as a member of a church body. Listen. One of the most important things that we can do for a person who is struggling is to remind them of the promises of God. Remind them of God's faithfulness. Keep the Word of God alive to the person who is struggling and alive to you to encourage you to keep on praying. Our tendency is to, to find a solution and fix people's problems. What if? What if we were focused on encouraging folks with the promises, with the Word of God, rather than trying to find them a solution, which I'm sure most of them have already spent a whole lot of time trying to figure out and don't need you to do it. I'm sorry. I feel strongly about this. We approach 
physical problems with solutions that God wants to solve by his spirit. Stop it. Go to Jesus first. Huh? I'm not being flippant here. I'm, 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 not, I'm not being cruel here. I'm not being critical here. I'm saying the base need of Terry Evick was prayer and the word of God. And we get distracted on, well, have they tried this surgery? Or have, they, have she tried this medication? Has, has, have they taken this supplement? Or have they done this? Or, friends, friends, think about it. We're members of the body of Christ. I'm going to talk next week. I'm going to talk next week about how we fight our battles. I'm going to talk about the scripture text that says, for we're not battling against flesh and blood. Our battle is in the heavenly realms. Sorry, I felt strongly about that. Number four, we need to be in it for the long haul. If nothing else is learned from the testimony of Terry Evick, let me pastor you here for a moment, friends. Terry's family didn't give up. Terry's church didn't give up. Terry's, Terry's friends in the Lord didn't stop praying and caring and giving of themselves. And because all of them didn't give up, Terry continued to have hope. She didn't give up either. Oh, how Jesus wants us to be that kind of family. So what about the name that's been on the prayer list for a couple of weeks? Or a couple of months? Or several years? Have you gotten weary of praying for long-term requests? Long-term situations? Don't give up. Stay in it for the long haul. James 1.23, I love this verse in this context. James 1, I'm sorry, 2 and 3. James 1 verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Notice that it says, count it joy. The testing of your faith works patience. I can't think of a story that I've heard in a very long time about the testing of patience, about the testing of faith, about where, how many days... Bonnie, you know Terry probably better than any of us. How many days? 403 days in the hospital. And God was working patience. God was working perseverance. Not, and, and not only in Terry. But I believe so importantly in her church family. See, God did work in Terry's church family in a long-term critical situation. We've talked about ups and downs a little bit lately. Wow, wasn't that a story of ups and downs? Days that were encouraging, days that were exciting, and days that were just 
I particularly got a kick out of the uh, uh, the time when they, they, they came to get Bob and the, and the, and the boys in mid-surgery and, and Bob's rushing across the street. What's going through Bob's mind? She's probably gone. But I believe that there were dozens, if not hundreds of people praying that day because this was a crucial surgery in Terry's life and people were praying. Bonnie, you were probably praying. Debbie was probably praying. Betty and... And, and, and so many of you that, how many of you have had Terry on your prayer list through the years? So, so, so many of us. Wasn't that powerful to see? But the lesson it teaches us is that we're in it together for the long haul. I want to tell you that I sometimes get weary of long-term type situations. I admit it, I just admit it to you. It's confession time from your pulpit. <laughs> James said, count it all joy because God's doing something. God's building something. God's growing something. God is teaching something. The testing of your faith works patience. We are here to serve each other with joy. Not a, not a tiring boring, tedious task. It is a, listen, it is a privilege for us to be a body and care for one another and pray for one another and meet one another's needs. How powerful is that? You saw it on the screen this morning. Now that took us a while to watch this morning, but I felt, thank you, Wilma, I felt it was worth it to see Terry's story because I think God wants to teach us some things. I want you to pray this week about our service next Sunday morning and maybe invite someone because I want to share some principles of prayer warfare next Sunday morning that I think we all need to get a good grip on. I will also say to you that our our friends, Jaron and Gideon, are going to be with us leading worship next Sunday morning, and very likely some of our, some of our friends from New Covenant will join us on Sunday morning next week. But uh, God's, really, God's really impacting my heart to teach us to be warriors in prayer. I, I asked Dennis this morning about his basic training when he was in the military. And I said, uh, it probably wasn't like Gomer Pyle and Sergeant Carter. <laughs> We're going to talk next week about the training that it, teaches, that it takes us to become soldiers in the army of spiritual warfare. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you.